0: You can ask your gynecologist about these and they should be able to answer your questions. Unfortunately, that's not always the case in society today. Oftentimes they'll say you're too young for menopause because you're only 40. Or they'll say, "Yep, you're just perimenopausal. And it's not just because people are suffering, women are suffering.
1: Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives, especially as we age. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager, and you know I love to hear from my audience, so leave me a comment at ZestfulAging.com. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was also a guest on Zestful Aging, and it's off of her CD, Buffalo Motel. You can find out more about Judy on her website, JudyBanker.com. I know that everyone is feeling really stressed and anxious right now. We're all unsettled and feel out of control. So I created a free download for you for maintaining mental health based on my 30 years as a psychotherapist. Um, Just go to zestfulaging.com and it is all yours. Well, as always, you know, I've got my loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side. He is ready to go outside for a walk right after we uh, record. So let's begin. We have a great interview for you today. Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast was started by two 50-something women, Colleen Rosenblum and Bridget Garrett, who were tired of women being ignored in today's media and society. Painting midlife women is either in a mom's group or retired, either buying pampers or depends. It's no longer a secret that after 45, you start to live your best life, and it's not by sitting on a rocking chair knitting unless that is your desire and i might add sometimes that is my desire (laughs) they want to reframe the dialogue to what we have and not what we lost welcome to the show ladies thank you thanks nicole Thanks Thank so, so much. much. Thanks so much for being here. I have a feeling we're going to have a, uh, a lively conversation. Um, and I know you both of you have a great sense of humor. So I'm really, I'm really uh, happy to talk to you today. First, let's talk about the title. You guys have a great title, Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Can you talk a little bit about how you came up with that? Well,
2: Colleen, you really kind of came up with that. We were thinking of just different ones, different words to address this. And I think, Colleen, how did that come to you? Well,
0: you know, we were talking about midlife and we wanted a title that kind of encompassed everything we were feeling. It wasn't just about as you get older, you get hot flashes and menopause and all those things. But it was really like cool topics, you know, your life becomes so much more full as you get older. And there's so many topics we wanted to discuss that we thought hot flashes and cool topics kind of covers the gamut for topics so we can talk about anything and everything for midlife mm-hmm. and beyond.
1: What are the things you had in mind when you said cool topics? Um the hot flashes, you know, we all know what those are and we'll be talking about menopause in a moment, but when you talk about cool topics, what are the topics that you find are really relevant for women um in middle age and post-middle age? Well,
2: empty nest is one of them which Mm. you know goes along with that now not empty nest does not affect every woman because not every woman chooses to have children Mm. um but that is one topic uh we've done age spots we've done skincare, we've done vacationing um
1: yeah Yeah, just just all we love to talk travel
2: yes really oh i'm
1: delighted to hear that that's one of my favorite things and you probably already know i've interviewed uh two or three travel folks um, mm-hmm. on the podcast that's a lot of fun and uh, you know what I found and I don't know if this is your experience too is that women who let's say if they have kids they're launched and they might be winding down in their career and all that have some of them have always wanted to travel but don't even know where to start. Have you Mm -hmm. found that to be
0: true? Absolutely. And we Mm -hmm. have worked with a couple of different travel agencies that, you know, one of the benefits of being an empty nester or even a little bit older and you're not stuck in a uh, time for when you can leave your, you know, I have a two week vacation time and I can only take it during this month. You can go any time of the year anywhere and you should get great deals Mm -hmm. when you go off season. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. So we love to talk about places maybe you've dreamed of going. um, And you really couldn't,
1: but maybe you go off season and it's a Ah. little more affordable, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that's what i love i went to iceland in Ooh. i think it was december and you know we didn't see the wildflowers but there were nobody at the geysers and the fall mm-hmm. of course it was sleeting but it added another little dimension of you know <laughs> adventure yes.
0: yeah and I do so think we you become more adventurous as you get older you know mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. be able to go and see and do and you have the luxury as you get
1: older being able to do that a little bit more that's for sure Mm -hmm. so you guys do everything you just think about um you know what are the topics that are relevant for women who are aging but still have energy and and uh a whole half of their life perhaps Mm -hmm. it's really it's really like an umbrella exactly Um, yes yeah go ahead bridget
2: Oh, oh, I was just saying we just like to say we are an umbrella and just like to try to cover all of those different topics. Just anything that we find intriguing to us or maybe someone will send in an email to us or send us a message. Just, hey, we'd really like to hear about this topic. We've mm-hmm. done um, we did. Of course, Christmas shopping. We've uh, We we've talked to a clothing manufacturer that specializes in menopausal uh, women and their sweat and night sweats and oh, hot flashes, that the clothing is great for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked
2: to stylists, makeup um, artists that specialize in women uh, that are midlife. So mm-hmm. it's been really
0: great. And I've
2: learned a lot doing this podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and we also feel it, that some women feel isolated as they get older, they're maybe not in the workforce as much and their children have grown. So we try to talk about making friends and and options for book clubs and and you know Bunco groups and different websites that you can now go on, like meetup.com that have midlife groups that might be local to you. Ah, mm-hmm. I
1: see. That's, that's, uh, so just enriching the lives of mm-hmm. women who. So talk a little bit about, uh, as, uh, Joe Blackwell calls it the menopause. Um, what, what do you want people to know about menopause? I, I want them to know it's not a dirty
2: word. <laughs> it's ah. And, and I, I always say that if you are lucky enough to live long enough mm. uh, and you're a woman, everyone's going to go through it. Mm. And um, it, some people have uh, more symptoms than other people. Some people don't get any symptoms. But most people do get some symptoms. And I just want people to know that it's okay to talk about it. And when you do talk about it, you learn why these things are happening to you. And then you don't feel like you are dying or Uh, if you're insane, (laughs) Um, you know, because it wasn't talked about as much. I don't recall my mother ever talking about it. And I, I have a, I'm from a large family. So I do remember when I first even knew what it was, one of my older sisters was going through it. And you know, that was the first I even knew that that was something. So I just want I want everyone to feel free to talk about it, and to maybe make it more prevalent. So we've talked to a lot of different women, and especially in uh, England, that are bringing it even into the workplace to have it addressed mm. in the workplace
1: isn't that fascinating mm-hmm. from not talking about it at all to actually it sounds like advocating yes, uh, yes for themselves so what are the kind of symptoms uh that women might be experiencing that they would uh, make them feel like they're as i think you said mad or going crazy yeah
0: um you know it's Interesting, because when you hear menopause or perimenopause, you immediately think hot flashes, night sweats, insomnia. There are Uh so many psychological effects on menopause and perimenopause, like anxiety and depression, Uh that women have Uh no idea are Mm -hmm. related to their estrogen imbalance. Uh Ah. So we want women to understand we've talked to several experts, whether it be homeopathic or, you know, medical, whether you're talking about HRTs or you're talking about diet and exercise, there's there probably are over a hundred symptoms oh related to estrogen imbalance.
1: And these all have to do with hormonal shifts, is that yes, right? Exactly.
0: Yes. So we yes. want women to know that number one, you don't have early onset Alzheimer's because brain fog is such a common Complaint. Uh And a lot of women think they are going crazy, like Bridget said. Mm -hmm. We want women to understand when they're sitting in a gynecologist's office and they have some of these symptoms, like weight gain and your midlife middle, as we call it, and brain fog, that you can ask your gynecologist about these and they should be able to answer your questions. Unfortunately, that's not always the case Mm -hmm. in society today. Oftentimes, they'll say you're too young for menopause because you're only 40 or they'll say yep you're just perimenopausal and it's not just because people are suffering women are suffering yes Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and and it was interesting just through our guests that we've talked to there are very few menopause specialists uh, Mm. uh gynecologists that specialize in menopause and we've been fortunate to be able to talk to some and i believe one of them has started a clinic um a menopause clinic. And she said there's really only about 30 uh, similar clinics throughout the United States. So mm-hmm. and how large the United States is and to only have 30 of these clinics that specialize in this group of women.
1: Do you think that has to do with something we touched on earlier where women who are older than, let's say, childbearing years uh, tend to be invisible? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that is part of it, definitely. huh.
2: And I think it, it too, um, it just wasn't addressed as much. It, it is, I don't know if women felt, they feel invisible. And I think you're right though, that they've probably been brushed off and been told for a long time, this is part of your life, you know, sorry, this is just what
1: mm-hmm.
2: you have to deal with. Uh, but fortunately, we are having some great doctors out there that are being advocates and doing research and saying, well, no, we can do something about this. So mm-hmm. we're hoping to get the word out that you can ask your doctor, and if you don't, if you aren't satisfied, keep looking. Um, a lot of these doctors, a doctor we spoke to out of San Francisco, Dr. Liz Lister, she will do a phone consultation. Now, ah. I know it'll be impossible, or not impossible, but it would probably be difficult to get the blood work there, but mm-hmm. I, you could talk to her, she could maybe, You could have your blood work done and look at the labs. You know, Mm -hmm. she could look at that Mm. for you. So fortunately, we're getting these doctors that are listening to women. And a lot of them are women. Now, I'm not trying to bash men because (laughs) there there are some good men doctors as well. But um, we've just found these particular women doctors that are really pushing for this. And we're so grateful to them for that.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And have have both of you had your own experience with menopausal symptoms that were distressing?
2: Yeah, we both have, haven't we, Colleen? Yes, we
1: have. I'm actually still
0: perimenopausal, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. because I'm jealous of Bridget being (laughs) postmenopausal. But I would say you know, mine started about age 45 and the anxiety was one of those symptoms for me personally that I had no idea was related to a hormone imbalance. I was at the point where I was, my father was in hospice, my daughter was sick and I just attributed it to life's, you know, journeys. When mm-hmm. I discovered that the, the anxiety was actually exacerbated, I was shocked. You know, I had the weight gain, I had the insomnia, the night sweats, the hot flashes. Bridget had the hot flashes much worse mm-hmm. than I did. And she'll tell mm-hmm. about that. But I've been in perimenopause now for about seven years, and I'm wow. ready for it to be over. I really, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: She gets so excited. Like, I, I, I didn't have a period this time, and oh, I. Oh yippee! I yeah. tell her she's pregnant.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that that might be another right. uh, yeah. a difficult situation. That's not funny. <laughs>
2: Yes. But um, no, I, you know, I think I started around 40 and Mm -hmm. I started with night sweats and I didn't know that that was a thing. Mm -hmm. And I was a teacher at the time. And one of my co-teachers that's also my age started talking about night sweats. And I was like, there is a name for this. Oh my goodness. I, I didn't even know what that was. And then I started to get hot flashes during the day and it got to the point where if I barely moved, I would break out in a sweat. Oh, I mean, I, wow. I think I was having it sometimes up to 10 and oh. an hour hot oh, flashes. Oh my goodness. horrible. And of, I had weight gain. Um, I was still exercising. I love to exercise and it was driving me crazy because I was doing what I always did and I was gaining weight. And And then I was moving less because I didn't, like I would go to my exercise class, but throughout the day, I didn't wanna get up and do the things that I normally did because if I even barely moved, I would break out in a sweat.
1: Oh, wow. So it's really limiting life. It really uh, was. Your life. And I was getting
2: brain fog as well. And you know that that's about the time that a lot of women, depending on when you had your children, you are going through this when your children are in a phase where they're probably in high school oh, boy. or very active and getting ready to graduate and heading to college. So it's on top of that, that's stressful.
1: That's a bad combination. Yes.
2: But then I was reluctant to go on hormone replacement therapy because I had heard about the cancer scares Mm -hmm. and I was putting it off and putting it off, um, trying different things that really weren't working. I went to my gynecologist. And if she didn't believe me at first that I was going through, like I said, no, my periods are very sporadic, Mm -hmm. um, very heavy. And she, I was about 46 or 47 and she really didn't believe me, but then she did my blood work and she's like, okay, yeah, your follicle count looks like you are perimenopausal. Mm -hmm. And then, um, she put me on an antidepressant that was supposed to help. Well, that really didn't help. And I actually was looking on Groupon, just flipping through the Groupon to see what the deals were. Yeah. And there was a place, it was a weight loss place, but in the little thing for the weight loss place, it said, like it was for some kind of, I don't know what the Groupon was for, but it said, we also do, you know, these things and hormone replacement therapy. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to call them. Mm -hmm. And they have been wonderful. They have a nurse practitioner. They do. They take your blood work. They check everything out. Um, I go back every three months to get my blood work done, just to make sure everything's good. Mm -hmm. Um, They just they found out, you know, that my thyroid levels were low.
1: Oh boy! So
2: they uh, have me. I all my prescriptions come from a compounding pharmacy, so they're made specifically for me. Um, And they are bioidentical, but I am also on a a, a thyroid uh, medication as well as uh, estrogen, progesterone and uh, testosterone. So, and and a lot of them, so the estrogen and progesterone are really called something else because they're made at a compounding pharmacy, but it's been great. And it really, for me, I know not every woman, it works for them, but it Mm -hmm. works for me.
1: Hello, Zesties! I want to tell you about one of my all-time favorite exercise and stress reduction tools, which I am really relying on during this quarantine, but I've sung its praises for years. The benefits are seemingly endless. Uh, It's great for toning and strengthening muscles. It improves your lymph system, your metabolism. It helps with joint pain and balance, and it's even used by NASA astronauts because it's such an efficient way to exercise and if you're older or you're worried about your balance you can order a stabilizer bar to hang on to. I'm talking about my Kneadack Rebounder mini trampoline. I put on my music and I have my own dance party because for me exercise needs to be fun and invigorating otherwise I don't want to do it. Now is not the time for the philosophy of no pain, no gain, because we're in enough pain. This is a way to feel good and energized and have fun. It really does help mood as well. And I like that Neatac is made in the USA and it is really solid. I've had mine for 15 years and it's still in great shape. The NEDAC Rebounder will help us get through this quarantine in better shape mentally and physically. And there's also a model that folds up if space is an issue. One of my clients puts it on her driveway and uses it while she's watching her kids during the quarantine. Anyway, I can't recommend NEDAC Rebounders enough. They are a worthwhile investment in your health and overall overall well-being, especially now. If you are interested in a mini trampoline, please don't buy a cheap one. Those can be actually dangerous and it is really worth Uh, investing in a good quality one. And right now, if you use the coupon code just for Zestful Aging listeners, the code is Zestful, they are going to include a free cover for you. So go to nedak.com, it's N-E-E-D-A-K.com. And if you have any questions, you can contact me at zestfulaging.com. I really am their biggest fan. You know, it's really an interesting time for women who are, you know, starting to go through menopause, maybe perimenopausal, paramen- but as if they have daughters, their daughters are blooming, right? Mm-hmm. And becoming these sort of uh, sexually um, alive humans mm-hmm. and they may be going to prom or dating all the while Mothers are feeling less attractive, mm-hmm. and their bodies are changing, and that can be a, a hard combination for some. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. I yeah, would imagine I mean, it, it I'm can, there. it can, and you know, I, I luckily for me, I didn't, I didn't want to compete with my daughter, <laughs> but you do mm-hmm. see that sometimes. I think women are hanging on to youth and they don't want to let go and they see their daughter and they want to compete with that i think colleen and i both that has not been an issue for us (laughs) you know that um but yeah you do go you do see that happening and it is hard because you know my daughter i have a daughter colleen and i both have a 24 year old daughters and um you know that they may not quite understand what's going on with you either so, mm-hmm. it, it, and I'm hoping they will learn from us, um, and and we I hope that their menopause life is going to be easier. Uh, I hope what we're doing is going to make it easier for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Colleen, did you want to add anything about having a daughter blooming? And <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, just I was just wait. Um,
0: I was just going to say, you know, when they're discovering their new lives and the new joys that it brings, you you don't want to be feeling like you're somehow held back because your menopausal symptoms are just creating a block to you enjoying your life. When it becomes a part where they're actually affecting your ability to enjoy life, that's when you really do need to go find a specialist that can help you because there are options out there and so many women don't realize that. But there are also a time where When your daughters, I have two daughters, and when they start getting older, oftentimes for women in midlife, our anxieties start to increase. Mm -hmm. And that can affect our ability to enjoy watching them grow and watching them succeed. Mm -hmm. It is such a blessing to be able to see these little people that you made Mm -hmm. or are brought into your world to grow Mm -hmm. up and what they're like. And a lot of women are like, okay, now where do I go? what do i do and we want to be that voice that says your life is just beginning a second chapter or a third chapter whatever you choose and it's okay for you to look for your own joy you can mm-hmm. love your children and love watching them grow and love watching them set in those new experiences and feel a sense of i'm a part of that but also feel like now you can start re- you know looking back to what some of those passions you might have left behind mm-hmm. because you were busy not because you are upset that you, you know, are no longer, they weren't available at the time, but they're still there. That younger person is still there and maybe
1: go revisit her and see what Mm -hmm. she wants
0: to do. Mm -hmm.
1: What And what would that look like? And I I think that's such a great thought. And people talk about, you know, who was that girl? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because all I've been doing is working and taking care of my family. And I kind of forgot who I was. So do you have any advice for our listeners on how to find or rediscover that
2: that woman? Well, I know that um, some different books I've read have been like, what was your childhood dream? And Uh yeah. So one thing I did um, after my daughter, uh, I have two children. So my son's the older one. And then my daughter uh, went to college and we actually moved, moved about three hours away. Uh, My husband took a new job. So we moved and they actually were uh, filming um, the TV show Nashville here. And I thought, I'm going to go back and go back into just trying acting again, because I did it when I did it, like just in high school and community theater and things like that. And I took acting classes and I did a few things. Um, I don't do as much anymore, um, but I didn't I didn't take into account the late nights. And Ah, (laughs) and the long days, the long days and being in a studio, you know, with no windows and everything all day for 14 hours but I did try it and it was something I always wanted to do. So I'm so glad I did that, that I had the time Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also took tennis back up. I played tennis in high school. And when your children are little, it's hard to find the time to do that. So I started playing tennis again. So those Mm -hmm. are just two things. And then I met Colleen and we started doing a podcast. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just your childhood dreams. But Colleen, did you wanna add anything to that?
0: Part of that is getting out of your comfort zone.
2: Mm -hmm. You've spent Uh
0: so long taking care of your family. You know how to do it. You can take care of, you know, your daily routine blindfolded. But can you get out of your comfort zone? Can you try something? Because as we get older, it's not necessarily about failure. You're so concerned about that in the workforce in your 20s and 30s or when you're raising your children or whatever you choose to do. But as you hit middle-aged... It really doesn't matter about does something succeed or fail. It's just about trying Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. because you're released of that pressure. Nobody's really paying attention to your personal growth but you. And so date your spouse. If you, you know, you guys have hardly had any time together. If you survived the teenage years with children, (laughs) start dating them, traveling, go out and just join a group that you maybe thought you would never join Mm -hmm. and see if you like it. If you don't, okay, try something else. It's not really about I failed at trying that or I couldn't learn to that. get out of your comfort zone and just attempt mm-hmm. you,
1: you know I have a little story about that. I know Bridget is a tennis player, and I qualified to go out to the uh the national games and play Ooh, tennis Wow and um it was. It was the interesting thing because it was so exciting. It was out in Albuquerque and I'm mm-hmm. in New York. It was so exciting and I kept seeing these women like me in the airports as we were heading out and they had their their rackets with them. I'm like, are you going to the senior games? This is mm-hmm. really lovely. What I did not account for, and my listeners have heard this story before, but uh, I did not know that altitude had a great oh, impact yeah. on the tennis tennis ball because I live in New York, and we don't have huge, huge mountains, at least you know, where I am. So what was happening is, you know, I'm a decent player. But before I even got to, you know, stroke the ball, it, it was behind me because it oh. was so much lighter. So you're really looking pretty silly. <laughs> um, and I won a few games, but I did not win any of my matches. And but what a delight mm-hmm. to be in an area. Well, first of all, I hadn't been to Albuquerque in like 30 years. But to, to hike and to do these things, to eat this really authentic Mexican food, but to meet these people Mm -hmm. who came from all over the country. They had centenarians there playing basketball. I mean, it was such a thrill and a delight. You know, the tennis was... Terrible. But, you know, just to go and say, yeah, I I played in the senior games. It was, it was really a thrill. And I think maybe that's what you're, an example of what you're talking about, where like, who cares? You know, Mm -hmm. I told my, you know, the tennis was a joke. I mean, I was, I I must have looked like I have never picked up a racket. Other people were having trouble too from the East Coast. But like, you know, wasn't, I don't have, I'm never going to have a career in tennis, but to sort of use that and Mm -hmm. to go somewhere and to have that adventure i agree with you you know i wouldn't have had time before and it was such a one of those bucket list kind of thing and oh, that's wonderful it was a gift that you got to do that and, and
0: appreciate your surroundings and the people you were meeting i think mm-hmm. when we're younger it would have been all about the competition
1: mm-hmm. oh, what right, can i do right. what can
0: i achieve but now it's like i made new <laughs> friends i went somewhere new i discovered food and wine and it's just about enjoying the journey Mm-hmm. Exactly. And
1: these folks, of course, were pretty zesty. I mean, you know, they're all doing their stuff. They're playing basketball. They're biking. I mean, so you're these particular folks were pretty energetic and interesting and inspiring. You know, and I think it's important to be with those people, right? Um, oh, that yeah. are not just like kind of waiting for time to pass.
2: Oh, it's and it it's similarly. Uh, Colleen and I have gone to different podcast conventions, which you probably have as well and uh, we've done we did she podcast in October just when we started and uh, it was in Atlanta so we're in Nashville and that was really close like a four-hour ah, drive so nice. we were like all right let's just go and which was a gift that we had the time to do that that we mm-hmm. didn't have small children to consider having to take care of or the you know to rearrange childcare or anything like that And then we also went to PodFest that was in Florida. And we have met so many different people. Uh. And it's so funny when you said the airport, just like you're at the airport and you see people and you start to strike up. Hey, are you going there? We're all going to this, the same we've met. Oh, a friend of ours that also lives in our neighborhood that has a different podcast, um, she was on a different plane. We all rode to the uh, airport together, but she was on a different flight. But she's like, hey, she's texting us. I've met this great girl. You gotta meet her. We gotta share an Uber to the ho- hotel. And oh, so that kind of thing, it's so fun. you know. It I, is
1: so fun. Yeah.
2: And, and I, it's so funny because I think like five or six years ago, I never knew I'd be living where I'm living Have done the adventures that I've done, Mm -hmm. knew anything about a podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. or the technical, the the technological things to go along with it. So, my brain is still working
1: (laughs) and learning. Talk a little bit about being a woman, middle age plus, who's a podcaster. Do you find that? um i have not yet actually been to a podcast conference although um i'm crossing my fingers that she podcast will still be on um in scottsdale and i'm Mm -hmm. planning to do that but you know talk a little bit about who podcasts and where you fit in or you feel that you fit in well we started this
0: podcast because we felt like there were a lot of great podcasts for women out there, but there wasn't one that kind of addressed it all. Like it, there was either a menopause podcast or an empty nester podcast or, you know, um, college age children. pod. there are very specific niches. And we mm-hmm. wanted to be, as Bridget had said, kind of the umbrella for all midlife and beyond women. So mm-hmm. we kind of thought, OK, if we don't find it, we'll do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we went to these podcast conventions really having no idea what to expect. And we threw out a, who wants to meet for drinks, 40 older women who do podcasts. And we had about 12 or 13 women show up. Perfect. So from that, it kind of snowballed into meeting all different types of women like yourself, who have a passion for this this podcasting world that we knew nothing about. And it is so amazing to meet new people and educate yourself. It really ignites the passion that maybe you haven't had in a while Mm -hmm. for just knowledge and connection and Mm -hmm. learning. And we just have learned so much and connected with so many great men and women. The podcast conventions, will obviously she podcasts is all female. But PodFest was everything from there was a 10-year-old Mm-hmm. To probably <laughs> 80 plus. I mean, mm-hmm. there are podcasts really? for everything. Huh? The biggest mm-hmm. challenge we have found is for some reason, women over the age of 40 don't know how to find a podcast.
1: Aha, mm-hmm. uh-huh. mm-hmm. that they feel intimidated by the, you know, the just like... Square.
2: The purple square. We, we actually did a video on how to find our podcast.
0: <laughs> and That's was,
1: brilliant. Yeah. Talk to our audience, although they've already found the podcast. But so you're finding that. Um, they just say, I've heard of it. I've always wanted to do it, but how do you, how do you listen? How do you find
0: a podcast? Yeah. I, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's too many choices. And we're like, yep. well, if you have an yes. iPhone, find the purple square. If you have mm-hmm. an Android, find the white with green square and just mm-hmm. click in and press search.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. We were showing them you can, if you have an Alexa, you can ask Alexa to play your podcast. If, That's
1: great.
2: Yeah. Or if you go to our website, we have all our podcasts on our website if you're yeah. too nervous about your phone.
1: so You guys have a beautiful website, by the you. way. Right? I, Thanks. I That's Colleen.
2: That's Colleen. Yeah.
1: And it is really, you know, it's uh it's kind of a model for all of us who oh, just kinda slap so some stuff up and thank said, you. I I hope this works for you. That's great. <laughs> do you have any dreams or uh like hopes or dreams for the podcast, thinking five years out, what you where you'd like to be? Well, one thing I think for that I have learned is that when you are
0: doing something that you are meant to do, doors just tend to open for you. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been blessed with whether I was an attorney in a prior life or I taught Pilates. I never, things, the doors just open when you're in the, on the right path. So we have been very blessed to be contacted with a lot of companies and groups that want to get the word out on midlife. It's not just about menopause. It's about midlife and beyond because this stage can last for decades. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, I would love to see us just grow stronger together with a voice of more women getting out there, describing midlife. If we could start doing some maybe retreats for women, midlife retreats where they can Mm. connect Mm. and explore and just not watch women run when we say the word menopause, or (laughs) you're in midlife, like not see their faces go white and run for their lives and men too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what about you, Bridget?
2: Well, I I agree. And I think, you know, a big goal would be to have menopause. Like you, you said, I don't want it to be a dirty word anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm so impressed with the, the women that are pushing, To bring menopause into the workplace to have it addressed. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a big thing I would love to see here and I do know, um, we've spoke to a woman in England that that she made a job out of that. That is her Mm -hmm. thing she she does talks for different companies. And she addresses that and says, these things need to be addressed in your workplace. What is she
1: hoping to accomplish? You know, what's the plan there?
2: She would like for uh, things to be considered for women who are going through these things Um, Mm -hmm. to have a day like you, you could have a mental health day. There needs to be a, a reason, menopause needs to be addressed as a reason that you can't do this this on a certain day. Um, Mm -hmm. She said that entrance interviews for a lot of companies won't have menopause down, but their exit interviews will have the word menopause down as a reason for leaving the company.
1: Oh, really?
2: Yeah. So that was just that was fascinating. So that is something just something I wasn't even aware of until we started doing this podcast Mm -hmm. and how that does affect work. There's people who have quit jobs. Because they felt like while they were in this stage of life, they just couldn't do it. And do I,
1: you do you see that as an example of ageism or gender equality? C- well, it I could think it's connected. Be.
2: Yeah,
0: I
1: think they're it's, all yes.
2: interrelated. Mm-hmm. They are. Like one woman said, her periods got so heavy that she like you know bled through her outfit, and she was so mortified that she was like, "I can't go back. I've just got to quit." Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of thing. Nobody should have to quit a job because of that. That is something mm-hmm. that happens to you naturally. Um, and then I, I actually think back um, when I was teaching that I went through a time where I wasn't as organized. I was forgetting things. And I, I actually quit, but I didn't attribute it to that. I attributed it to my mother was getting ill, which was... Um, a part of it and my son had already graduated high school and it, something hit me that I only had a few years left with my daughter and I wanted to be able to be there for her whenever she needed me and I quit but I do think part of that had to do with the phase of life I was going through and why I decided to quit so I would love to see um, menopause addressed as something in the workplace acknowledged and you know considered for everything and and women not to be treated badly or put off or taken off projects because they're in this certain phase of life.
1: That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I think that that might be a a pretty new concept for Mm -hmm. for most to that. This is a thing. It needs to be addressed. It can be pretty um, debilitating for Mm -hmm. some. Mm -hmm. Um, And what are we going to do about it? We're not just going to say sorry for you. you know? yeah, Um, yeah. Like you wouldn't do that if someone had another kind of limitation. Right, right. And
0: that's what she, um, the interview we're doing, it's Lauren Chiron, who um, mm-hmm. is out of England. And she was saying that right now, when she deals with HR in, in large corporations, they're trying to decide between making it a subset or a general kind of order in, in a particular business where... Is it, you know, when there's mental health issues, would you also attribute just health issues to it? So is it a blanket Mm -hmm. policy or is it a subsection of the policy for menopause? Because you don't want to make it so that it's red flagged. For women, mm-hmm. oh, I see. Because then you are in, you're kind of pathologizing it, right? Making an excuse for it when it's just a process of life, just like any other. If you had the flu, if you you know had a, some mental health issues, if you had a child who was sick, they kind of are in a debate situation, where do we Mm -hmm. put these all in subcategories, or do we make a blanket policy? And it's really fascinating where they're going with it, because it isn't just necessarily you get a hot flash or irregular horrible periods. It could be anxiety, which then connects to the mental health. And Mm -hmm. then then when you're not sleeping, everything gets worse. Right,
2: right. And Mm -hmm. then there's the
0: ageism component. The gender component. So mm-hmm. there's so many nuances mm-hmm. to this that you're right. It's very. It's in its infancy stages. It really is. Mm-hmm.
1: That's fascinating. And you and I talked about Colleen briefly that the UK seems to about be about a year ahead of us. Yes. Um, in addressing some of these issues, mm-hmm. and
0: I find it funny because when we talk to the UK individuals, they seem to think that the states would be more open
1: mm-hmm. because we're
0: not as conservative. Yes, but I, I think part of that is we may be more open to discussions, but not discussions about aging. Okay. Mm -hmm. Women don't like to talk about the aging process, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it's just a process like anything else in life, but there's such a taboo. There's such a connotation that, Oh, you're older, you're no longer relevant. You're no longer viable. And Mm -hmm. until we get women in CEO positions that appreciate the experience that older women bring to
1: a corporation, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to
0: change that thought. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I see that. That's really that's really important. Um, where can people learn more about the two of you?
2: Well, we have our website, mm-hmm. HotFlashesCoolTopics Okay, and we are on all social media. Um, mm-hmm. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Pinterest. We're on Twitter. We are not on TikTok.
1: (laughs) No, no dancing. No
0: dancing. dancing. (laughs) And also, we have a Facebook group, a page, but also a group for over 40 women who really want to engage with other active and involved women, discuss issues that relate from anything to making friends, to hot flashes, to I'm losing my mind. I can't remember where my keys are. Mm-hmm. And the Facebook group is under Hot Flashes Cool Topics? Yes. it's There's a page that has Hot Flashes Cool Topics. And then if you go under groups, yep. Hot Flashes Cool Perfect. And then mm-hmm. also we have a website. Notes. And I really want to let people know that our website, which is cool com, Well, it's just Hot Flashes Cool Topics. There's no ampersand in there. It has midlife articles that talk mm-hmm. about everything from financially supporting your adult children to menopause to wow. psychology and anxiety over 50 to making friends. and We have a virtual book club for women to kind of connect virtually, which wow. while we're taping mm-hmm. is really important right now to connect. We have all of our episodes. We have blogs that we write, um, whether it's Freedom in Your 50 series or collections and all these different things. So the website is really chock full of a lot of information.
1: Mm. So we hope people check it out. Oh, yeah, that sounds wonderful. That sounds and wonderful. And our
0: podcast is on every podcast forum you could yeah. find. Mm-hmm. I mean, we if, do if you could find a podcast, you could find.
2: Yeah. Uh, we have YouTube videos too. I forgot to say that, which uh-huh. we have a video about finding a podcast and, um,
1: oh, wow.
2: and we also have our round tables on there. So we've done two round tables. Um, and once, uh, this, uh, social isolation is over, we will do more round tables. I see. And we're also doing, um, on for the month of April right now, while we're in social I- uh, isolation, we are doing, um, four o'clock happy hours every Thursday. So four mm-hmm. o'clock, uh, central time. So that would be five o'clock eastern standard time which
0: nicole will be guesting just
2: that's yes,
1: right thank this week, you that's right Excited. yes yeah. okay you guys are boy you are you are really doing a great job uh hitting all of the platforms and um that's a lot of work and dedication so mm-hmm. i i I, ha- I have to hand it to you because i think people think podcasting is just turning on the computer and the mic but as we know there's a lot more to it you mm-hmm. definitely yes, learned
0: that as we were- yes. yeah
1: yeah, man i think we all can say that oh yes. i didn't realize the interview was the easy and the you oh, know that's the easy that part. was that's that's nothing that, yes. there's a lot yes. of uh, Uh, background work. Well, Colleen and Bridget, I really appreciate you chatting with me today about all kinds of topics related to uh, uh, middle age and over. This is so important. And I know that I can hear how much fun you're having, which I totally relate to. And I look forward to hearing more from you. And just to remind folks, and this will be in the show notes, but the podcast is Hot Flashes, Cool Topics. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nicole. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Uh, We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different